This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. All right. Wow, wow, wow. I am here with a near, dear, and I guess an old friend at this point. I don't know how long have we known each other. I'm here with Melissa Hennig, and um, there's so many different things that I think people might know you from but probably a lot in the primal movement and like the raw the raw primal movement and what's the name of the book that you have out actually i remember you published it a while and your heads you're gonna want to bring that headset down okay. <laughs> when you talk you um, can move it when you're not talking but yeah there we go so hi hey <laughs> the, the name of the book is raw paleo raw paleo is that on amazon it is okay cool so, I mean, that's, I think when we were hanging out more in the same time and space, mm. that's what you were really focused on. And you were making <laughs> these amazing um, butter pies, like arguably yeah. the best dessert I've ever had. Deanna would probably echo that. And uh, you were serving those at farmer's markets as well. Yeah, I had a, a whole group of people that would like <laughs> hound me every week for the butter pie. It definitely is the gateway into eating raw butter. <laughs> The gateway. I like that. That's the gateway. The gateway <laughs> dessert. Um, and then we originally met at a Rob Browse retreat in Costa Rica. That's correct, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even in California. Yeah, then, then we hung out in California afterwards. But the first meeting was in Costa Rica. Was y- that correct? Yes. So how many years was that? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> it's been a while. What I do know is that uh, we all lived in the Rob Ross house at one point in Carlsbad, California. Right. And not only with you, but with Nikki and yeah. obviously Deanna. And it's a, I always found it so intriguing that we all lived together and Tasha. And we all oh, lived right. together. And it seemed like all of y'all started having babies in very <laughs> similar times like a few years later. That was interesting. Oh, that is interesting. It was like the fertilization, the fertility home or something. Yeah, I mean, just go. I don't know how much I had to do with it, but I did. I, I always thought it was cool, and, it's, and it's, I'm actually want to celebrate all of y'all's children, including mm. mine, Davina, Jeremiah. I think Nikki's son is Zion, yeah. and then Tasha has a few with a yeah. lot of crazy names like Truth and Love. Okay, <laughs> she's on the Big Island. Um, and another thing that I think we have in common for sure is our knack for and our interest for being at the best place in the world at the best mm. time to be there yeah and sort of like looking long term while doing that mm-hmm. and it seems like you've currently decided on your longest term decision out here is that correct <laughs> well we find we're the happiest here so far okay which is a really big thing to look at because like i just haven't been happy in a lot of places but here like I- i'm happy and when you say here where is here uh, we're in flagstaff, in flagstaff arizona yeah so that and Flagstaff is I don't do you know much about like the Indian gods that allegedly live <laughs> on the mountaintops up there? Have you heard um, about this? I well, you mean the Kachinas or something? The, the natives? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I don't know exactly. Like, I don't know either, it, but it sounds it's mystifying. a sacred mountain and it's powerful. I, I know that you can feel it, but I don't know the the history. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. That's just a side thing. I, like the more I'm out here, the more I'm like getting interested in all these. Kind of ultra spiritual stories, whether it's from mm. fairies or the native history. <laughs> yeah, it's powerful out here. It's you can feel it's intense. Do A lot you... of ancestors walk this land. <laughs> Have you seen any fairies out here? <laughs> no, but Jeremiah does. He does. The kids see the fairies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how how do you? Yeah, I had two questions for you actually that came up when you were 
talking about being happiest here. Mm. I was curious how you rank, like, do you objectify happiness or how do you rank happiness? Is it purely subjective or what would be some like cues that you're happier than usual? (laughs) And then uh, how do you know Jeremiah sees fairies or what's his (laughs) experience with those? Um, well, yeah. So, so being happy, I, I, I sing more, I jump out of bed more, like more creative, more creative flow. I just, I just feel more alive. There's more sun, you know, like people always love asking me like, what's your weather today? And I'm like, well, it's partly cloudy or it's full sun or, and here it's always full sun, which there's always sun. So I'm sure that has something to do with it. Um, yeah, and then Jeremiah, he's just always pointing at things and laughing, and you could just tell he's in his own world and still kind of part of another world, and he's not fully landed here yet. You know? <laughs> yeah, he definitely seems hype. Like, that's a great way. My brief interaction with him, he does seem hyper curious, and like, he's good. Mm-hmm. He's, he's good at exploring on his own if need be. Yeah, he's very independent. <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. Um,. <laughs> And I guess another thing that I found, like just knowing you throughout uh, our time, I, I feel like you've made a quantum leap somehow abundantly, abundance-wise. Oh, is that is that true? Like financially? Because if I remember correctly, you were never you would never let money like stop you from doing something. But it seemed like it was you had to be more creative. And now it seems like. <laughs> You've made a shift. I don't know if it, it came with mm. being a mother, with it came uh, your your partner Chris. I don't right. even know how long y'all have been together. I would it was I would love to know the correlation of your evolution of your life since we maybe yeah. California and how that may have been correlated with a more abundant attitude. If that and if that's true. Yeah, I I mean totally. Someone came up to Chris when when I was pregnant and said babies bring two loaves of bread and he and he was like what what does that mean and, and then we like we thought about like wow like you're just always gonna have you'll be fed you'll have extra you'll have two loaves and so it was kind of true like as soon as the he was born we had started a business and the business was born at the same time and then it, was, it became super abundant kind of miraculously kind of like a baby is a miracle because we didn't put that much into it. We actually, we sell products on Amazon. Uh, we have aromatherapy products, a smudge spray. And it just like, it was so easy. It was such a flow. And there was so much abundance. That I was like, wow, this, this is right. And um, yeah, and my mindset, it did change though. So I can't say that I, my mindset was abundant beforehand. <laughs> I was always struggling, thought that I had like, life is a struggle. Life is about being poor and I can't afford this. Like, and then I, so I did come into the abundance and now like I, my mindset's t- totally abundant, but I can't say that like it was the mindset first. It actually, the, the money did help in that situation. Well, I think that's, you know, this the, the old argument of like the chicken versus the egg, right. what came first. And that's the, it goes back to what you were originally talking about. Are you happy or what I was hearing? Like, are you happier in this area because of the environment mm. and because of the external factors. And I know a lot of people want everything to come from intern. Like there's this <laughs> idea that happiness is an internal, but it does seem like certain environments and certain factors and can definitely influence that. Uh, maybe the chicken came first. Who knows? I, I, I know. <laughs> definitely influenced by the environment. Me personally. <laughs> yeah. And I bet the belief that uh, I wanted that two loaves that like that, I wonder if that's a good placebo. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, I don't I wouldn't necessarily recommend um 
people, especially if they feel like they're struggling, that their solution is going to have a baby. <laughs> like their financial solution will be having a baby. Right. But it seemed that there was a strong correlation and is for you. And that uh, the business, I, I'm, I know about it a little bit, but mm-hmm. where, how did that, where was the idea? I would be curious. Was there an epiphany one day? Like, mm-hmm. when, okay, tell me about that. I'm so <laughs> well, curious about those moments in time. Oh, okay. Well, Chris did, was doing tours on the land, like medicine tours and drumming and meditation and flute. And he was saging people on the land in Sedona where you can't burn. So we had to use this, he had to use this spray and he was making extra one night in the kitchen and he was making it. I said, Oh, what are you doing? And he's like, Oh, I'm making this smudge spray for my clients. And I'm like, we should sell that. And you know, I always have like this very <laughs> entrepreneurial, like optimistic or, you know, I don't, the word for that, but, um, I, yeah, he was like, really, we should sell it. And, and, and that was it. It was like, we started selling it. It was it's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's such a like such a cool story because rem- I remember when I first heard about y'all selling those, I was like, "What can I sell on Amazon?" <laughs> yeah, I know, like, well, I want to do that. And when you say it's so easy, does Chris had did he have a background in this before he started selling the sprays on Amazon, or was this all um, new to all of y'all? Well, not not on Amazon. He has a marketing background. Okay, he's definitely built different kind of businesses. Nothing ever stuck, and he was like, "Oh, why do I have all this knowledge and it's never worked?" Well, I think it was waiting for this business because now he's applying it all. And then this is funny, but he had two friends back in San Francisco having weddings and we had to choose like, which wedding are we going to go to? It was this big decision. And we just chose this one friend. And at that wedding, he met a guy that told him about the Amazon business and was his mentor. And so we chose the right wedding. (laughs) Nice. Are y'all married? Oh, we're not married. You're not. I, mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. I was like, wait a minute. Are you? Because I was thinking yeah. of your last name before this is Melissa Hennig. Hennig. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. There yeah. goes a beer can rolling right, <laughs> rolling right towards us. Oh. So I, I, I think my, I'm feeling called in a way. Do you have anything to share or advice or perspectives for someone that may have been in your shoes, especially let's say, and I know um you were I think you. You've always wanted to be a mother, correct? Mm-hmm. And I, at a time, I, I almost—I don't know if it was a conversation that I had or the, something you said at one of the retreats or something, but mm-hmm. I almost thought you had given up on the idea of being a mother for some reason. <laughs> I was starting to. Um, and so I just find it so cool that here you are maybe at a time in your life where you're st- feeling struggling financially, mm-hmm. which is spilling over to everything else, and maybe surrendering to the idea that you're not sure if you're going to be a mother, even if it's something that you want. And then all of a sudden, boom, beautiful family, beautiful baby, <laughs> ab- abundance through Amazon on something that seemed like easy and graceful. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any perspectives to maybe if someone's feeling at the end of their rope of hope and they're like, man, and maybe similar shoes or maybe it's a young guy and it's nothing to do with pregnancy, but maybe it's mm-hmm. just a financial struggle. Who knows? That's a good question. I know I definitely am so grateful every day for what has happened. Like there's, I'm just so grateful. I love being a mother and I just feel so lucky that I came out of that situation. But, um, yeah, I, you know, it's the decisions I made. So I was living in LA and I really wanted to meet a man and have a baby and have a family. And I was getting older, maybe 38. And, you know, I was like, well, someone told me, oh, you should move to Marin County. There's lots of men, you know? And so I'm like, 
I went up there, visited, and in 30 days, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to move here. So, you know, I knew, like, I made decisions along the way, like, well, where can I go that would maybe be a possibility that I could meet someone and fall in love, you know, was what everyone, all my friends still in L.A. want, you know, and it's never, it didn't happen. So definitely, like, just not being afraid to, to do things. And, you know, I, I made that move really quickly, really boldly, and met, met Chris in Marin, in Marin County, which is just north of San Francisco. Francisco and um, yeah it's just it so I would give the advice if, if there's an idea of, of like maybe a better possibility for your life to just do it <laughs> yeah there's a great song by Paul McCartney called do it now oh, okay like when the lyrics are like do it now do it now while the vision is clear <laughs> while the feeling is there do it now yeah and I'm like what a mantra and I do like from the outside my judgment of you is that you um definitely are not you were never been easy to settle mm. like it seemed like you really honored your desires and almost are like maybe i think people judge me and maybe they've judged you for something similar like almost delusional about your desires <laughs> right. until the, actually that delusion is a reality yeah but definitely. it could seem delusional on the way there yeah and um i think that's really cool that's about that walking by faith element i think you embody really well Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's led me in the right, the, a good direction to just make the moves and yeah. quickly. <laughs> I mean, but, I don't know if it's, you know, it's hard to tell someone like, oh, like quit your job and, and move to another state, cause, you know, but it it does work sometimes for some people. <laughs> yeah, that I like the quickness factor as well. Mm. I think that's a huge element. Mm-hmm. It's Probably. Like, it's even easy. Like, there's the, the the classic scene of like a single guy being struck in by beauty by mm. a woman that he wants mm. to talk to or wants to get to know sometimes like for that i think many people have had that moment and then many people are like married to those people now or like maybe have a family with those people now and i think a lot of times that happened by action nice. in the moment oh <laughs> like i think men- not thinking and going for it like sending yeah it. definitely men should like even when they see a woman like right away make that that move <laughs> like immediately have something to say because if you wait like two minutes or you just don't say anything <laughs> yeah it's like 10 seconds of courage sometimes is is that- all it takes for a whole new world yeah <laughs> that's cool um and then this well, are y'all only doing smudge sprays? Is there something like what's the most exciting product for you? Are you mm. in like are you passionate about those sprays? Do you use them, or are you just like amazed at how many <laughs> other people are like, oh my, I can't, can't make enough of these? I, I I'm curious about that part. Uh, we do use them, but we use a traditional smoke smudge as well, where you light the sage mm-hmm. itself. We do that. We use the sprays. Um, it's not so much a passion. Like for for me, I'm really into the plants, wild foraging, my raw milk like my, my diet and I mean I, I love the smudge sprays and they they support us financially <laughs> but yeah sometimes that's not always the most passionate thing but it does give time for the other passions and then if someone how do you if someone find your do you have like a store online if someone wants to like look up your Amazon store or is uh, it just a product how yeah. would they find that junipermist.com junipermist.com mm-hmm. awesome well, I'm I'm definitely inspired by that. I've de- I've c- continuously thought about products that I've used or I continuously use or I've mm-hmm. created that other people want and there's not a market for it. So thank you for opening up my mind oh, yeah. to that. It's such a good platform. You could reach so many people. I mean, everyone shops on Amazon. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's only getting bigger and bigger. Yep. 
that immediate, <laughs> just one click of the button, boom, at your, <laughs> at your house the next day. Well, you know, it's in a way, you know, I order these organic clothes. I want to switch everything over to organic cotton. And I order, I want to support small businesses and local. And I order things. And like right now, I still haven't gotten my tank top in five weeks. But on Amazon, it's two days. You know, so it's like I, I, I do wish that more local and organic and these handmade people could step it up to like Amazon's pace because that's the way the world's going. You know? Good good advice. I think, I think a lot of people um, write it off because it seems mm. overwhelming or they're kind of like they've become more traditional. Like, I don't know, Amazon. Oh, right. <laughs> but it's like uh, this is probably good to listen to if you think that way. Yeah, and, you know, the people think, oh, I'm going to order on Amazon and it's just going to be some big corporation. But really, like, uh, we're a small family. There are a lot of small families that people are supporting when they order on Amazon. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for that. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing that I think is radical about you is, which I mentioned in the earlier, was like the raw primal. That's what most people I thought <laughs> knew about you from online, and maybe it still is. Because mm -hmm. you were eating all kinds of raw foods. Not like I, I ate a raw vegan diet. That's a lot of people know about the raw me through the raw bras, and we ate a raw vegan diet for extended periods of time, on and off, maybe six or seven months solid at once. I, and you may have eaten raw vegan at once too. I did, yeah. And then you started eating raw primal. Is that? Right. Can you tell? Can you take me through the evolution of your dietary <laughs> chart? Because I do think you explore out loud pretty accurately. And so this is like good mm -hmm. distilled wisdom for someone that's like maybe in the midst of a raw vegan diet, or they're very like I'm going to I'm going to do it. <laughs> And how you currently eat, like the evolution where you started on that and now where you're currently at. Yeah, so I was known as Raw Paleo Melissa. That's right. And that's what it was. So I changed my name over to Melissa Hennig because I didn't want to always have to talk about raw meat. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I started out on the raw vegan diet, like head over heels and tons of energy, just this panacea that healed everything, you know, it was my thing. And started a business on it. And, and then I... Um, just started feeling sick, like losing muscle mass, like getting bruises, my hair was falling out, just so, so bloated and starving all the time. Then how long was it? Do you remember like how long you felt like a hummingbird and then how long <laughs> it felt like the hummingbird was losing its wings? <laughs> it was a year. A ye so you'd were a, a raw vegan for a year pretty much. Mm -hmm, uh, yeah. And then that's when it started noticing diminishing returns. Yeah. So it, it was exactly, it was one year and it started going downhill. And so I was really disappointed. I really believed in my kale. This was a big deal. Like I, I was living in Venice Beach, and I used to like go to the Muscle Beach and things. And this guy told me like kale was bad for me, and it doesn't digest, and the cellulose wall is so thick. And I was so upset fighting him. And now like I get it, and I don't eat kale actually. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I started going to this little store in Venice Beach and they were all eating raw meat and raw eggs and lots of raw dairy and I would go in as a raw vegan only getting my coconuts and my nuts and things and they would see these health issues I was having and, and they were like you know you might want to try some of this like you're missing zinc and you're missing B vitamins and things and and so I tried it. I was open. So I wasn't like totally the ethical <laughs> raw vegan. It was for health reasons. So I was open to improving my health from, from what they were telling me. And I ate the raw meat. A guy, a guy worker there like made steak tartare and put the raw egg yolk in the middle. And I ate it all up and never looked back. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, um, and have you, <laughs> it's, it's pretty, that is a very breaking normal thing. Mm. Um, even sometimes I'll eat like not even all the way raw meat, but it's mm. just been like seared. 
certain whoa that was a big bug that was a big <laughs> bee that just landed on my arm it's a good sign of abundance um and the people like ew that's like bloody that's bloody <laughs> it's, and it's not even raw so you hear you are and I think it's even different like a mom <laughs> eating raw steak <laughs> Do you do this in public still or do do you still do videos about this? And like, Um, what do you think the typical reaction is? Have you gotten, yeah, yeah, any patterns? Yeah. People aren't used to it. It, But you know, they, they're so afraid of food and afraid of bacteria and parasites. And, and they say like, Oh, that's so gross. And I'm like, Oh, have you ever tried it? And everyone says, no, you know, it's like, how could you know? How could you say anything? You've never tried it. But people that have tried it have a whole different reaction. They actually really like it. Um, I don't really eat raw meat in public at t- today. I mean, I did when I was really <laughs> into it. I was always like carrying my raw meat around and cutting it up. Um, but I source it really well. That That's something I should probably say. Like I'm not just going to the, the grocery store and buying regular raw meat. It's grass fed, grass finished and organic. And that's what I eat raw. And what about the uh, frozen element or like the, the I, I think even people that are not turned off by the raw i think there's going to be some fear that comes up for people around parasites or mm-hmm. bacteria what do you any yeah. advice about that or perspectives <laughs> around that well i think it, it definitely has the most healing potential when it's fresh never frozen because it's straight from nature it hasn't any extreme heat or extreme cold is really going to change the molecules and the structure and denature nature so i have this philosophy that i don't want to denature nature and it comes just fresh meat straight from a butchered cow is in its most organic raw healing form and i don't think cooked meat's going to kill anyone but someone that's really trying to regenerate tissues and rebuild i would suggest fresh never frozen Wow, and then so what's your favorite way to eat raw meat? Like, what's the begin? What's the gateway? Uh, the, not the gateway dessert, but the gateway raw meat uh, plate for people maybe to open their minds and they might enjoy and be the easiest and most pleasant it's, that you've had. Well, it's a, a dish served in France, steak tartare. It's really easy to eat. I mean, you just take fresh meat and cut it into little tiny pieces and put olive oil and salt and whatever you would put on your regular steak. You just put it on the raw meat. And it's usually a really good cut, like filet mignon. So it's so smooth in your mouth. And and the one reason for not freezing it is that the bacteria is beneficial. So that's like a reason that I don't want to freeze meat is because I want enzymes and I want bacteria because that's going to build the microbiome. Just like people eat... So there's a natural bacteria on everything, on the wild food, plants that I forage, on vegetables, on green juice, on meat, in eggs. There's all, everything has a natural bacteria. And so I want that. Like, you know, instead of taking a probiotic, our ancestors didn't have a pill. You know, they ate raw meat and raw dairy and raw greens and everything coming in with all different strains of bacteria. (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome. It's, it's good to know. And that's still kind of your diet pretty much? Or um, what's, what do no. You, when okay. I got pregnant, I was like, I had to eat a lot of food. And I just, with raw meat and raw, and raw dairy and all that, I just, I didn't eat much. It's so satiating. You just don't need much food on that diet. That's a big point right there that I do think a lot of people, first of all, a lot of people think they're hungry and they're actually <laughs> thirsty. And then a lot of people are actually hungry, but not for the volume of food that they're eating, but for like mineral rich, like <laughs> dense densely uh rich food and what you're describing is that for sure i can i see what you mean by that yeah so so you don't need much so when i got pregnant i I needed a lot of calories like i just couldn't get it was a job nine to five like just eating and um i ate a lot of cooked food (laughs) 
cool. <laughs> was there anything that you were enjoying throughout your pregnancy the most? I know Deanna was like all over the map. Sometimes she would just oh, like yeah. randomly crave the most weird thing. <laughs> But there may have been some go-tos. Did you have any like go-tos throughout the pregnancy to keep uh, you satiated in a healthy way? Still the bo- butter pie. The butter pie. Lots <laughs> of raw butter pie. Nice. <laughs> okay. And then um, what about the idea that there's too much cholesterol or mm. um, that? Yeah, what about cholesterol? Or people that are concerned about the arteries or their right. cardiovascular health from... <laughs> From what they've learned from commercials and, and such. Yeah, it's been demonized as, as the bad guy. It's really, so cholesterol, our body makes it. It's it's our friend. We need it. It's an antioxidant. It makes everything in the body function. The, all the hormones. You can't even manufacture, manufacture hormones without cholesterol. So a lot of people can't get pregnant on the vegan diet. They have a problem with reproduction and fertility and so they start eating the raw butter pie actually because there's raw egg yolks in there with lots of cholesterol and they're like oh your pie got me pregnant so it's like really important to have fat and cholesterol and um oh yeah so the other so what clogs the arteries is the sugar the carbs like um canola oil it hardens like plastic in the arteries so it's it's not people want to blame the butter and the cholesterol but it's it's the sugar and the fat or the um <laughs> the bread. Yeah, the canola, I, I, canola oil. If I'm, if I've demonized any ingredient <laughs> that people typically seem to still eat in the world, it's canola oil. Yeah. I, I know that people are really anti-gluten, and that's fine, and all that. But canola oil, I would be maybe the most concerned about. Yeah. I don't know. Have you done much research on that, or if you can expound upon what yeah, you know I mean, about canola oil? Yeah, I just know it's highly processed. It's, I mean, they have to use hexane and bleach and all these things to even make it edible. I don't know the extensive research, but it, I know it hardens like plastic and it causes cellulite. And people take really, really hot baths, like 100 degree baths. It's the only thing that's going to really melt that hard plastic out of the arteries. There's ways that really detox from the canola because it is so toxic. Wow. So, so maybe that's why I love hot springs so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from all those years, you know. <laughs> like canola oil without even knowing what it was because it's pretty much it's like in almost any normal restaurant it most likely they're using a version of some vegetable oil and or canola oil and maybe that's why those hot springs have been calling to me so long i cut the canola oil and i probably still consumed it here and there without knowing it oh i i yeah and the reason i've really gotten um, watch out for is because it does seem to be the number one thing that causes me acid reflux Mm. so i'm like kind of thankful i'm like oh that means that right. that dish probably had canola oil, and I usually can figure out why I have acid reflux, and it's probably from uh, usually a restaurant. Yeah, me too. My legs itch. I'm like that dish had canola because my legs are already itching. So wow. like our bodies don't lie. We really like learn to trust the body. It'll tell us. And the one thing that I think me and you have in common that we've done that maybe I don't know if you agree with this, but the raw vegan diet. That first time I ever did that, I definitely got much more in touch with my body mm-hmm. and how like one food may I may feel different on one food than the other oh yeah once you clean out I mean it is a very cleansing diet it's very hydrating and cleansing and all the foods have so much water in them that you're, you do become cleaner and uh, you can really tune in yeah I think a one month <laughs> like a one moon cycle raw vegan diet could be beneficial <laughs> for many people out there especially but once again it's so much to do with the the sourcing of the foods mm. like if someone's only eating like 
fruits that were picked way too early from another country that have been shipped and frozen <laughs> and sitting in a grocery store, and then that's their primary primary source of their calories compared to like mangoes falling off the tree while living in the tropics and exactly. hanging out in spring water and surfing. That's like two different ways to be sun. a raw vegan. Yeah, and the sun. Yeah, the sun. Big yeah. deal. Big deal. What's, what's your? Do you have any protocols on sun these days? I'm sorry. Any protocols on sun these days? Oh, it's funny because I thought you said, what's your yoni protocol? And and that is. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm all about naked sun time, so I'd love to hear about this. Yeah, like the the most vitamin D receptors are in the yoni. So if people, if women and men can can go out in the sun and just spread their legs, it's such a magical experience. I mean, I instantly like feel more charged and you know like I'm plugging in and I know a lot of women have had scars from from childbirth and things and and they go out and yoni suntan and it's very healing mm-hmm. they'll they'll wear like I haven't I, I haven't had that but I they'll wear like longer skirts so you just go like lay on the beach and just put your legs up and you got your skirt on like anyway naked gardening any way you can get it in <laughs> Well, this is a very on-brand topic because just this morning I was doing these like weird like glute-activating exercises where my leg is in the air. Like literally, like my crotch area is almost directly facing the morning sun while oh, I'm nice. doing this exercise. And that seems really smart. That <laughs> seems funny. very smart. And uh, it's, the dress thing is so cool that you've said that. Because I've done similar things to that, mm. but I've also thought I've had this radical idea of like creating, <laughs> talking about an Amazon <laughs> product, kind of like a cock umbrella, <laughs> like That's this funny. thing where you could go out in public and it's like this, you're, the only thing you have is kind of like a Speedo, but there's an umbrella with like reflectiveness oh, on the oh. inside. So you could just like, wherever you're at, you could be in public, <laughs> get 20 minutes of sun on your nuts and then go nice. somewhere else. Like... <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyone that wants to partner on that project, or if you just want to go ahead and steal it, I might buy it off of Amazon if it's out. Nice. Yeah, see if there's a market for that. Do a little research. And yoga. I think yoga may be the most practical way to get mm. great naked sun. Like, do your maybe doing yoga. Naked maybe in couples the sun. yoga. Yep. Do different angles. Yeah, that would be. Uh, <laughs> I could see that being a challenging class to get through. <laughs> um, like in completing all the stretches. <laughs> That's funny. Um, on another, on just a general note, what are is there anything that you're like excited about now that I might not know about? Is there any new mm. ideas or new excitement oh. in your life these days? Yeah, I'm really into oiling. So it's called herbal oiling. Okay. And I go and I forage wild plants and I soak them in olive oil. And if the nervous system is out of whack or you're anxious or the, even for children, if you oil your body, the, the oil goes right directly, like co- coats your nervous system. And so that's like this, all these herbalists are having this huge awakening that oiling is the thing. <laughs> it's, it's been coming up all the time lately. So I have a bunch of like, if you came to my house, there's all these different plants soaking in oiling and I've been oiling the baby. I really want it to be a part of his culture. Like we teach children to, to brush teeth and comb their hair every day but I want him to oil as well because it's just so healing to intimately get to know your own body as well and you know you're oiling you're feeding your nervous system that's like my new thing I like that now right off the bat because this amazing house that we're staying at the lady that owns it I believe um she's all into essential oils mm. like I, I think it might be young living i'm not sure which one it is over there but um <laughs> what's the what's the main difference between that and what you're doing 
Well, it's a lot uh, gentler. So essential oils seem a little unnatural to me. I, I got on the bandwagon once, but it's so unnaturally concentrated. It just takes so many amounts of plants to make little drips that could almost burn your skin. And, and this is just the most natural way to infuse the plants into the oil and, and put it on. And it's just, you're just soaking them in the olive oil and that's it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you do it for a, for a whole moon cycle. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome because the full moon's tonight. Um, Mm-hmm. Yep, around 5.20, or tomorrow morning at 5.29 a.m. Oh, it is. Yeah, and then in the month, it'll be when our retreat starts. It, there, it starts, I think it's at 9.34. I was just kind of studying oh, the moon cycle, especially living here, like watching it go across the sky. Yeah, I wish I could. So I'm in the trees, so it's actually, we kind of have to search for the, for the moon a little bit. But it's funny because it's like, every, every, even though I'm happy, everywhere I live, I find something wrong with the place. Like, now I can't find the moon or there's not enough water. And it's like, well, I've been really focusing on what I do have and what the place does have. You know? Yeah, that, that I have a feeling that's like the wisdom of a longtime traveler being like, wait a minute. <laughs> that, yeah, the environment is changing and there's like all these different things, but maybe I'm the one perceiving it. Right. That's been a part of it for me. But, and then there's this obviousness. Like when I, if I'm being judgmental in a loving way, it seems like there's much better places in the world to live than others. <laughs> yeah, whatever suits your personality better. Like I actually have been really against snow, but now that I'm so into the plants, like we don't have plants without the snow. They need the they need the winter, and then they all just like I'm living off in Flagstaff, and there's St. John's Wort and Beep. There's all these things that ha- it's a miracle. Every herbal is like we've never had this, but they got the most snow they had last year, and the snow brought the plants. So I'm like wow it's just so like a part of it the cycle like maybe the snow brings the medicine in the summer and you have you know <laughs> i'm accepting it yeah yeah and it's, and it's yeah kind of like i would almost synonymous to a pregnancy like mm. the, the pregnancy season or the resting season or the pre-pregnancy season for the fruits to come and that <laughs> actually the next full moon after tonight's the full harvest moon so i think we're going to be oh. harvesting a lot of prosperity oh nice this, calling it in yeah this is a nice this is a prosperous place it is very it, abundant yeah and i think it's because there's uh, first of all i don't know if it'd be that easy for someone that didn't wasn't creative or had very little money to live in this area long term mm. at least in a decent place yeah, it seems kind of expensive relative to other places i've been there's not a lot of work you know like we have an online business but it's kind of like get the restaurants it's a tourism town mm-hmm. so there's work there's restaurants and hotel work but yeah there's it's not a city Yes, yeah, although I think it's changing. It seems like there's a oh, shift yeah. happening, and I think that's almost any small, cool town in the world mm-hmm. because the online, like, for <laughs> people that are waking up, like, oh, yeah, I can do this online too, mm-hmm. or they create something like you have. And then it's like, well, now you have just opened up. The, work no longer is location-based. Right. Uh, yeah. It, and then it can be like, you're, I'm overanalyzing. Like, don't you say an- overanalyzing is paralyzing oh, or like something? Oh, like analysis paralysis. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. That happens with living. Like, we can go anywhere we want. And so I start really overanalyzing it because there's so much options and so much freedom that sometimes I'm like, would it be easier if we had to go somewhere for work? <laughs> I've one. I've thought. I agree. I think it might be easier to be an employee. Like, like I, I've had people that have gone from like a forty-hour work week lifestyle to doing something like we've been doing, and they seem like they're having a much harder time. And that might be because a lot of people have been trained at such an early age to do what others have told them to do and mm. to kind of fall into line. Right. And 
that can be pretty disorienting when someone's all of a sudden like, wait a minute, I can live wherever I want and do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, really. There's so much freedom. That's that could be pretty overwhelming. Yeah, I, I think about Jeremiah's life. Like all he knows is like, mommy and daddy like buy whatever they want and go wherever they want, and they're in the creek and in the forest every day. Like life, like. I, I mean, it's good. He's learning abundance. <laughs> yeah, I wonder the same thing about Davina. Like, I wonder what her relationship with, like, springs are going to be. Because she obviously is, like, seeing an obsessed man. <laughs> yeah, right. She's, like, seeing me just, like, I, I, I can see from her perspective, it seems like, wow, Daddy will do anything to find fresh water. And That's good. That's your priority. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that fresh water means fresh nature. It means a great place to thrive in. It's just, like, the... Mm-hmm. It is the red flag of greatness, usually, yeah. a spring. Oh, and, yeah. Like and life. I think before before refined water or manipulated water or stored water and the system we have going on lately, I bet that was the number one priority to anyone walking this land before that culture. Like, where's the water? And then we'll talk about what's next. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they de- all the Indians lived at the springs here. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely were not living in... I mean, it's so hot. They had to live by the water. Mm-hmm. And that and that goes everywhere in the world. If um, yeah. where where do you, I'd be curious of all the places you've explored living, because <laughs> you've lived a lot of places. I mean, I you I rarely meet someone that has kind of <laughs> come close or travels as much as I have. But you're doing it. It seems, or maybe we're both kind of seeing a little longer term now. But what are some of the, your favorite spots and or your favorite mm. flavors of towns? Or if mm. someone's like, I'm, I actually can move. They, someone's listening to this and they're like, I can do what I'm doing anywhere I want. <laughs> where And they're wondering where to go. I'd oh. be curious to just explore some places out loud. Uh, I, I wish I knew. No. <laughs> well, well, you know, we went all the way east last. Uh, we went over the North Carolina and then that wasn't for us. Like just our body just wasn't feeling expansive over there. We had to get back west. So for me, out of all the places, I've explored I feel the best out west there's a lot more sky there's a lot more openness and expansiveness it was very like dense over there the trees the forest it was different I can definitely relate to that in Georgia same thing were you in Asheville yeah okay because there are ways I guess there's places you can get up in the mountains and get an expansive view but the general (laughs) towns in the southeast it's kind of like the trees are right in your face. Mm-hmm. And there was something that happened to me when I went out to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, anytime I was looking at the sunset or surfing, I, my eyes weren't even able to see how far that was out there. <laughs> and then the same thing, like going to Montana or Idaho and seeing the skies. I'm like, I don't even – or even out here somewhere in like Sedona, some places, I'm not sure if I can see as far mm. as, as what's in front of me, That's which is nice. very different than the East Coast. Yeah, so, you know, Idaho and Montana always get me. That's just, like, so dreamy. There's clean air, clean water, so much untouched land. Chris hunts. There's so much big game and animals. And so I'm all about, like, self being self-reliant and self-sustainable because I don't know how long the grid's going to really go on for. You know, we're kind of, like, the water tables are going down. So I'm like, all right, well, for me, the most important thing is, if, if everything like the power went out and I need I need a wood burning stove I need you know I need water I need uh, fruit trees and a growing season I want to be able to live if something happens yep 
Yeah, Tyson <laughs> interviewed me last night, and he was asking me about that. Like, oh, really? He's like, there's all these people that are preparing for, like, the the post-apocalyptic, <laughs> like, society, and then there's all these people that are, like, preparing for heaven on earth. Oh. And he was, like, asking me my opinion about that. Do you? What do you think about those two schools of thought? Because I'm sure you hang out with both crowds. Uh, you mean, like, the preppers? Yeah, like, the preppers, like, this is not going to work anymore. We got to do some, we got to start bunkering up. We got to right. find our water versus maybe, like... We're like we're in the fifth dimension, and we're like a few the full moon, next full moon, we can open it up to heaven on earth, and they're just like waiting for that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like you know, I, do I even want to keep going? Like maybe it's just like that's the end too. I'm kind of open to that. Like if something happens, then that that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that seems to be the undeniable reality for anyone that's ever lived just not knowing what mm -hmm. the end or when the end may be at certain periods in life and that was kind of my answer is like so what am I gonna do in the meantime <laughs> am I gonna like prepare for a disaster or am I gonna celebrate and I if, if I if I really feel like a disaster is coming I can prepare for that and celebrate for that as well right but yeah the, the, the unknown the mystery that we all find ourselves in I definitely maybe it's both Yep, it might be it might be the chicken and the egg. So it's both. <laughs> maybe one happens before the other. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they're the same. They are. How could they not be? No. <laughs> maybe beauty's maybe that that difference is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Maybe the people where they're preparing for the disaster, their heaven on earth will be surviving the disaster. Probably. And maybe Probably. the people that are preparing for heaven on earth, that is their heaven on earth. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, they're both true. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> this is some good points. Uh, I know we, we are approaching about probably four or five more minutes. Um, anything that you wanted to talk about or leave anyone with or explore out loud or questions before we... Uh, um, you know, well, I didn't really answer, finish the question about like what I've discovered is the best place because I know that's a big one. And I, you know, part of me does think that it's here in the desert because we have water, like the most medicinal plants. It's unbelievable what Sedona has for medicine in, the, in nature. And we have views and we have a small town. And so, so I would suggest that if someone was asking, I definitely think that the Sedona Flagstaff area is pretty nice. So I, I wanted to, like, finish that one out so there's a, an answer. Awesome. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, we've been traveling for so long, and Deanna seems pretty determined to stay in this mm. area this time. And uh, I'm open to it, at least for a year. Yeah. It, yeah, definitely. Why not? What's a year in the grand scheme of things? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of measurement of time, a man-made that, that we all uh, talk about now. Mm, right. Um, yeah, so, and then I would just leave, you know, yeah, I... I'm still like always about health and nutrition as, and like all the pillars, like go out in the sun as much as you can, drink sp spring water, eat fresh grown, like wild food. And I have a real, we've never, Jeremiah's never been to the pediatrician once in 21 months. I have no reason to ever bring him, you know, unless there was an emergency, but I, I don't see bringing sick or, or healthy children to the doctor. Like, Hey, he's really healthy. Check him out. Like, doesn't make sense. So like a lot of that comes up a lot. Like people ask me like, wow, you never ever been to a pediatrician and and it's it's the food you know it's it's the food and it's the nature connection like he's always barefoot he's always outdoors um I eat a ton of raw fat and raw eggs and raw butter and that's coming through the milk to him and like he's sturdy he's solid he's healthy so so if women re really you know prepare their bodies like as soon as you find out you're pregnant 
you're, you know, you're three, four weeks in, the heartbeat's already formed. It's like, oh, now I'm going to start eating healthy. I'm going to detox. It's like, you kind of need to figure that out six months ahead of time. So yeah, I, I love like helping, helping women prepare their bodies and during, before pregnancy, during, during, after. And um, yeah, that's it. Just staying healthy. Yeah, that's exciting to hear. I almost like... That's such a big topic, and I know um, I could we can push it a little bit farther as long as that's cool with you. We'll see how this these questions go. <laughs> I mean, common questions to mothers, especially natural mothers. Uh, I think you had a natural birth. He's a boy, so or, or, I don't know. I don't know. But I'd love to know about your birthing, the circumcision or not circumcision, vaccines or not vaccines, like all these hot topics. <laughs> yeah. Any of those that you're uh, comfortable or if uncomfortable enough to explore, I'd love to know what your yeah. path on that is. Oh, we're as natural as possible, so we don't do anything unnatural. No vaccines, no um, circumcision. Um, I just find like no, a lot of people. It's not necessary. A lot of people have no idea why they're circumcising or why they're vaccinating, besides just fear and programming and conditioning. And this is what I'm supposed to do. So we're, we just like a lot of research goes into things, you know. But I'm also like my mom didn't vaccinate my brothers 30 years ago, and she, you know, I watched them be born. So, so it's been in me for a really long time without even having to do much, much research. Just like oh, I didn't know that. So your mom had natural births at home and did not yeah. vaccinate your. Yeah, nothing. Oh wow! Actually, I mean, I've met your mom, so I just I didn't know that part of that yeah. y'all's history. That's cool. It is interesting though because two of the boys went and got um, circumcised, and then Whoa, and then became and then go. became kind of hippie or like really awakened and now like regret it so bad like your, oh. your brothers yeah oh my gosh How, are they older or younger than they're you? they're older and i probably i don't know if i should be saying that because <laughs> giving their information well but. i think i mean as long as they're cool with it i think that's just so important for people to know that they did that probably because i did things when i was like especially a teenager there right. was so much to fit into culture mm-hmm. it's almost like that's maybe where breaking normal was started was birth was like what am i doing this is so out of alignment Right. And breaking normal might be like being in alignment with me, regardless of culture, as long as I'm being respectful and loving to it and changing it. Um, so the fact that you know people, your brothers or that did that, and then they kind of woke up to it and like, what did I do? Yeah. I think that's important for people to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a big regret. You know, wow. they're like, oh, they were young. They were 18. They wanted to fit in and went, went and got circumcised. And they were like, now they're like, oh, my gosh. Why? You know, yeah, we make decisions in life. And I think, so that's, you know, my brother circumcised his son. <laughs> All of a sudden, like, how much are we allowed to talk I about? <laughs> I guess it's breaking normal. And I, you know, sometimes you could uh, apologize instead of asking for permission these mm. days. Um, information travels so fast. And I think this is all very important information. Mm-hmm. But he, I think, was under the, um, or anyone that circumcises their son doesn't even have to, whoever it is, I think they have a fear that, well, there's this is a, it's a, there's a lot to this, but one of the things is they want their son to fit in. Oh, okay. And I do think, but especially when I was going through high school or middle school, middle school, if someone was uncircumcised, I mm-hmm. bet they would have gotten made fun of in a way. Oh, probably. And then one of the guys I used to work with, he was thinking about getting circumcised as like twenty something because oh. he was embarrassed. Mm. Yeah, well, we can probably change that around now that more people are not circumcising. Yeah. Make it the norm or don't go to school. Yeah, and if anyone that's interested in this topic, I'd dive all the way into the deep waters with uh, the producer and director of American Circumcision on Netflix, Brendan Murata. I definitely recommend checking out that podcast. 
Yeah, because that's a, such a huge topic in itself. And then the vaccines, yeah. me and Deanna have talked about that on YouTube as well. You can probably someone could YouTube that if y'all want to hear our kind of thought out opinion. But I, I appreciate you sharing yours and you uh, being so natural in a world, breaking normal and being so natural in a world that for people that just settled, they wouldn't be experiencing what you are. Right. I, I mean, there's a reason why he's, you know, doing so well, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm happy we get to share one of the main reasons here with everybody. So mm-hmm. thank you for breaking normal. Um, what's the best place if you, people to find you right now if they want to follow you online or check out your website? You want to give a few of those plugs? Sure. My website is rawpaleo.com. Okay. And I love Instagram. It's my name. It's Melissa Hennig. RawPaleo.com, what a great URL. Yeah, I got that years ago. Did you get it for like the basic price? Like, yeah. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Have you had people try to buy it from you? Uh, a couple. Wow. Like more people are getting into the raw meat thing lately because paleo is so big. And yeah, so I don't know. Maybe someday I'll sell it. <laughs> yeah, someone uh, bought our Rob Bra's URL. Oh, and tried really? To, or I guess somehow with all the chaos of our lives and all in all the midst of that, somehow we slipped and didn't renew it. Oh. We weren't even using it though that much anymore. But then um, someone has on sale for a thousand dollars now. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's kind of silly. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like one of my friends or something that's just holding it. <laughs> I don't know. Who are you? Did you hear me? <laughs> Let me know. Maybe we can make a deal. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, Melissa. It's time. Oh, it's you're time welcome. to go play with our kitties. Maybe by the water. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Peace. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society.